Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Audience, we are back. It has been a minute. We didn't forget about y'all. We was down at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, covering these draft prospects. A-Dub, what's the good word, fam? Man, bro, I'm good over here, man. Feels good to be back on our show, baby. It does, man. Audience, we missed y'all. We are back. Like I said, we didn't forget about y'all. We have a network of podcasts here. So our Chicago Bears podcast, we were heavy with the NFL draft content. But nevertheless, the Chicago State of Mind boys are back in the building. Yes, we are. Ready to rock and roll. But, I mean, speaking of the senior boy, A-Dub, I mean, it was a really cool experience, one that I'm very honored that we were able to be credentialed media for the senior bowl, but can you get the audience? Cause a lot of people that probably listen to this show may not listen to the bear essentials. Just give the audience just a quick, you know, couple words on how you felt about that experience down there in mobile. Man, praise. I cannot lie to you, man. That was a dope experience. I want to soak that shit in. I can't even lie, man. It was, <laughs> it was great for you and I, it was good that we we're on the field press during the game. It was good interaction with the players as well. I mean, I had a ball, bro. I cannot lie. Yeah, and to that point, audience, A-Dub and I were covering as media, but we were fortunate enough we had field passes, so we were able to be actually down on the field instead of being up in the press box. And I I tell you one thing, just having the access to the players on the field, as you mentioned, A-Dub, but also, too, being steps away from NFL head coaches, NFL network uh, personalities, like, do Anybody and everybody, I would just be standing there and I look to the right. I was like, oh, damn, that's such and such. Holy shit. What's up, man? You know, like, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, man. We was just right there and just interacting with everybody, man. So it, it was cool, man, because no one, you know, everyone was open, willing to talk with you, prayers, and you and I, and that was dope, too. Well, and I think that's the thing that the way that they have designed that thing is that, listen, we're all here covering this thing. We're all the same. So if people come up and talk to you, people are very friendly. Like you said, at Veets, shout out to Veets. That was the place to be. And anybody that hasn't covered that event, if you ever go down to Mobile, Alabama, and you're looking for a, a chill spot to go to and run into some maybe semi-famous people or famous people, go to Veets. Go to Veets. Definitely go there. 
<laughs> but audience, like I said, we're back here going forward. When we have a major event like we had with the Senior Bowl, we'll make sure to kind of give you guys a little update beforehand because we had a lot of people messaging us like, hey, where you guys at? I'm like, man, we're coming back. I promise y'all, we're coming back. We just didn't want to give you guys any half-assed content. So we wanted to get wait till we got back to Chicago before we put out an episode. All right, Angel, with that being said, our Illini have been playing some ball since we've been gone. Now, they got on a little bit of a winning streak, and we got humbled against Purdue. But I want to just take a second here to give some kudos and a big-ass shout-out to my boy Kofi Coburn because now you see where he's on that Naismith watch list. And I'm telling you, A-Dub, with the way that he's been playing this season, I, 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 you, it would be it's hard for me to find too many people in the in the country that are more important to their teams and are better players than Kofi Coburn. Hey, look, Perez, you ain't lied about that, man. I've been amazed just watching the guy. I mean, to see what he's able to do between double teams, Perez. Think about it, this every game, getting double teamed and still cashing in. I mean, this guy's been a dominant player. And you hit a good point about how well he's been for Illinois. I mean, this guy has been the key. He's been a factor. And I'll tell you, I, no telling what would be we didn't have a guy like him. No, we would. I mean, the 37-point game that he put up against Wisconsin, I was sitting there, you and I were down in Mobile, and I'm watching that game, and I'm like, good Lord. And also, I miss being in I miss being in State Farm Center, man. I was sitting there. <laughs> I was sitting there like, dude, I'm happy that we're down here for this draft experience. But a part of me was kind of like, damn, I wish I was at that Wisconsin game. That shit looked like it was a ball out there, bro. Yeah, man, like a ball. And, and the thing is, for us, he's having one of his best games against Wisconsin, the ranked Wisconsin. So it's like we're missing a good one, man, a good performance. So I know how you felt about that, bro. Yeah, because that was the first place showdown right there. That was a big time game. The energy at State Farm was rocking, bro. I'm telling you. And even when when I was looking on Twitter, I was seeing all those people, man, uh, sending their uh, posting their pictures of them at the game. The Aaron Henry, the assistant football coach, he's always at the games getting everybody fired up. I said, "Damn, you know." But anyway, don't worry, audience, because we're gonna be in the building Sunday for that game against Northwestern. So it's all good. We back. There you go. We back, baby. <laughs> so I wanted to get your thoughts, though, A-Dub, on just kind of some of your observations on some of these games that we've had so far. So if you look at a game like we talked about with Wisconsin, that was a big-time game because that was the battle for first place. But going back even to the game before that, the Indiana game, that was a game where we took down the Hoosiers, and I thought that was a statement game because that was a road game. And, A-Dub, before you go, I want to give a shout-out to the loyal Illini fans that braved the bad weather that weekend to drive up to Bloomington because I heard those roads were atrocious. Ooh-wee. Good Lord. <laughs> they, they were some real troopers right there, friends, for driving up there, man. But to your point, bro, about the game, man, it just shows you that this Illini team, they play very well together. I mean, Fraser out there still balling, doing his thing, man. You hit on about Kofi already. This is a very good team, man, and they're just a very good team to watch. I mean, to your point about Trent, he led off scores in this game, 23, but he went on one of his Trent Frazier heaters that I always talk about on this show, 14 points in the second half. My man was on fire out there. And, he, he, and let's not forget about Alfonso Plummer because he continues to give us really solid production out there as well. He had 14 points in the game. But I think the biggest thing for me in this game was the second half and how the Illini just basically took it to the Hoosiers, bro. Yeah, they showed them no mercy there, man. Just came right out of 
they came out balling, man. I'm like, hey, man, this is the team right Illinois team right here that we've been talking about, man. When they get going, Perez, it's hard to really slow them down. And I'm glad you thought up, you brought about Perez and how you just get things going. When that guy going to run, Perez, he can go on the run. <laughs> you can forget about it. You can forget about it. When Trip Fresh get hot, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. There ain't nothing you can do with him. He is a problem. Man, he definitely is. And I just, you know, I, I just enjoy watching him, man, because um, you know he knows what to do, Perez. We talked about this before. When the game gets a certain way, he feel like we ain't getting no scoring going, don't get no scoring going, he will just go ahead and do it his damn self. Yeah, and I and I and I don't mind that shit at all. Cause sometimes you need that. Because what did I say to the audience in the beginning part of the season, they dub? I said, with Io leaving to go to the NBA, Illinois is missing a closer. And right. I feel like at times. Trent has shown he could be that way. At times, some plumber has shown that he could be that way. But we need that true closer to come in here, especially when the Big Ten tourney coming and with March Madness on the horizon. Absolutely, Perez. And I think Trent Frazier may be that key right there, Perez, for those big games. But in this matchup, so the kind of the point I was getting at, because I do agree with what you were going with that, A-Dub, the first half of the game, the game was close. As I mentioned, the second half is kind of when we blew it open. However, right. One of the things that I liked about this game, specifically A-Dub, is that we took Indiana's best shots and then we answered. And I think that's what you want to see your team do, especially on the road in the Big Ten, bro. Yeah, definitely, Perez. And you know what also they got me thinking about, Perez? They got me thinking about um, Coach Underwood when he talked about his team, when he said they got better. Remember that? He told us that, yep. Perez? And he was like, yeah, this is what he mean by these kind of situations. You throw a punch, Perez, we'll throw one right back. Matter of fact, we'll throw a cup at you. <laughs> so we're a team that just don't quit, man. We fight through those adversities. No, we, we really do. We really do. The Wisconsin game, guys, you already know what happened there. Home game, Kofi killed that We talked about that earlier. 37-12, and 12, domination. I mean, they couldn't do shit with him, bro. Double team him. <laughs> Who cares? Kofi's still going to do what he got to do. I mean, dude, Ado. The man had 18 and six at the half. Just crazy numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. Those are crazy numbers, man. And every time I watch Kofi, bro, I'm like, this damn power. I know we keep talking about it all the time, you and I. It's like, man, can, not one dude can't slow him down. Not two can't slow him down. He said three, and he's still going up over you. I'm like, this dude cannot be stopped, man. When he, when he gets going, praise, it's just really a hard thing to do, man. Hard job for anybody, any opponent. And I think the thing that really did in uh, Wisconsin in this matchup is they were shooting the ball awfully. I mean, they were taking a lot of threes out there. I don't even know what they finished for. They only hit three for the whole <laughs> entire game. But every time I saw them come up and throw up another, I'm like, keep doing that shit. Keep shooting. Y'all motherfuckers cannot shoot. <laughs> no, they could not at all, man. It was breaking that ball up there, man. And um, I just say, hey, look, you all going to keep throwing it up there like that and continue to be off. That just bodes well for Illinois because we're going to pound you on the inside. So you're right, Perez. They didn't do it. They did not have a good shoot night. They didn't, but I I got to get your, your your thoughts here on this Purdue game because obviously this was one of the most hyped games of the season, in my opinion, and you and I were there on Martin Luther King's birthday when they had that double overtime thriller at State Farm. And right. You and I were looking at this matchup against Purdue saying, ooh, we're going to be in for a treat part two of that. And I would say for one half, we got treated to some really good basketball, but that second half of the game ain't up, man, man, man. <laughs> yeah, that second half got rough, man. It became very difficult to score, Perez. And, uh, you know, and that, that Purdue team, they keep coming, man. They just keep coming with their guards and their big men. And they don't quit, man. So it's like it was it became a tough out for us, man. And it just looked sad because we couldn't score much at all. Kofi was missing easy baskets, too. It became a disaster for us in that second half. 
Yeah, I think one of my main observations from this game is this. We needed more help from the seniors. We needed to see more out of Frazier in this ball game. And you know me, I'm not going to ever criticize Trent Frazier. But in this game, we needed to see more. We saw where he ended up. It looked like he tweaked his knee there at the end, but they said he's going to yeah. be okay. So that's something I was kind of keeping an eye on. But we needed more there. We also needed more from Plummer. And I also thought we could have used a little bit more from DeMonte Williams in this game as well. Yeah, Perez, and I'm glad you brought that up because it was multiple things that you hit on, man, that that the guys just really didn't have a good performance, right, in that second half. And I wish, you know, I'm with you, I wish Frazier would have got off, man, but it just looked like that he just didn't look the same in that game, really, Perez. I didn't see the aggressiveness from him either. It was like, yeah, something just not off, something just off in this particular game. And also, too, Jacob Grandison. He's another guy that I wanted to see more out of because, okay, combined between Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, and Jacob Grandison, they only had 12 points between the three of them. Now, I don't Jeez. necessarily lead with stats audience. You guys know that. But I thought that was something that you guys should have probably you, – you guys probably already recognized it. But if you didn't, we need more out of those guys. You need more than 12 points from that trio. Absolutely, Perez. If there was a game where we definitely needed to because, you know, you already know how tough Purdue really is, man. And they weren't going to make anything easier for Kofi, man, as you saw, right? They were really on Kofi bringing Edie and bringing some other guys to help double team. Edie with that tall ass center. I mean, he's tall as hell. He, I mean, it's hard to shoot over him at times. So it was very tough for Kofi and he definitely needed the help. Oh, Edie's a problem. And, and we talked about this before. He's a hell of a ball player. Seeing him and Kofi going head up, that's what you want to see. Those are the matchups that you want to see Kofi have because when Kofi gets to that next level going to the NBA, he's going to go up against people with size. So right. I think Kofi's going to learn from that, and I think he's going to be better for it down the stretch. But one thing, though, about this game, when I was talking about that trio of ours not playing as well, I thought that our reserves, I thought the bench looked a lot better in this game than the starters. And I think R.J. Melendez, who I've talked about too many times on this show, the kid needs to start getting more playing time because I was impressed by what I saw from R.J. in this game. No, Perez, that's a good one right there, man. I'm actually happy for RJ, man. And I think he may have earned himself some more time, Perez, because he came out there playing tough. He was making baskets, too. I mean, I like to see guys, you know, succeed, Perez. And he's one of those guys that's showing us that, hey, he can be trusted out on that floor. But this is the one thing, though. Brad's going to have to get to the point with this kid where he trusts him because he does not give him a lot of playing time. He's probably averaging less than eight minutes per night, you know, per game. Mm -hmm. And when I see that, I understand, I understand all these surprises. You guys are probably saying, Perez, he's a freshman. I understand that. But at the same time, whenever he gets extended playing time out there, he makes good things happen. So that's somebody, if you need a spark, throw him out there. Why not? Yeah, why not, Perez? That's a key point right there, man. Hey, if he's playing well and we're starting to see the consistency out of it, that's more the reason why you want to play him. Yeah, and like I said, most of the time – you never going to hear me say a word about our seniors on this team because I love them. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy about this team is the experience that we have. But however, it's okay every once in a while to mix in more of your freshmen, right? Get Goody, uh, get Luke Goody in there more. Get Melendez in there. Shit, even throw pods in there if you have to. Just sometimes it may be okay to start getting some of these guys in there, especially when you see that your, your seniors and, and, your, and your starters don't have it. It's okay, Brad. Just absolutely it's okay every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there, Perez, because I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Some of those games, I've I've been happy for Luke Goody, man. I'm like, man, 
Goody out there, man, making some big shots. So, yeah, he's been playing well for the most part, Perez. It's just that against Purdue, I know he didn't do so well getting that game. But overall, to your point, you know, we got some guys on here who, who can play, man. And I think they've actually earned opportunities. So I'll be looking forward to seeing Coach give these guys a little bit more chances. And, well, and the, and the one thing, though, A-Dub, with the way that the schedule's going and we're basically in the midst of this tough race to see who's going to win the Big Ten, because you saw just a couple of days ago it was a three-way tie. Now we have sole possession again because Michigan did us a stop solid and beat Purdue. And you know what? For all you Purdue Boilermaker fans that was in our fucking mentions talking that shit after that game on Tuesday, the same thing to make you laugh or make you cry because Michigan fucked y'all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michigan came for them, friends. I was like, whoa, okay, okay. Purdue, all that talk we heard. You're right, Brez, on Twitter, man. I even got off Twitter after hitting all those Purdue fans. I said, forget y'all. I'm jumping off Twitter right now. But you're right. They had their little time. And I'm telling you, they got quiet real fast. Real, real quiet. Fast. They, they took that bass out their voice real quick. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> you know us, man, A-Dub. We, we, listen, if we lose, well, fine. We'll take it. If we win, we're going to win graciously. These Purdue fans were assholes. They act like they ain't never won a game in their life. I was like, okay. That's, that's how y'all going to play this thing? Cool. All right, we're going to see y'all in March, and we're going to see y'all in that tourney. We ain't tripping. Hey, we ain't ducking. No smoke. No smoke. Because one thing I look at it like this, despite losing to Purdue, Illinois is still a fucking good-ass team. Eh, One of the best teams in the country. I don't care what anybody says. I like our chances against damn near anybody out there. Oh, yeah, me too, Perez. And you know what? You'll have so many people that they'll be talking about this loss and saying, oh, man, Illinois just isn't as good as Purdue. Well, guess what? I want you guys to just look at this Purdue team for a second. Zach Eady, kid is fucking beast. You got a top five potential player in Jaden Ivey. How many teams in the damn NCAA have that type of combination on their team? And they got the shooter. What are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> right. That dude, Stefanovic, man, that dude can rain, man. He can hit them threes. So you're right, Chris. They are a complete team. Right. So you ain't going to face too many teams like that in the, in the country. And the fact of the matter is, game one, double overtime against Purdue. This game, the first half, we hung in there. The second half, okay, they blew the doors off of us a little bit. But you know what? Any given Sunday. So I like our chances even against them. And like I said, I hope to see this team again. I hope so. Because they fans was talking a lot of shit. A lot of shit, they dug. Oh, they fans definitely was all involved. But you know what, Perez? I believe we'll get them in their next game, Perez. I really believe that, bro. Yeah, we know. Man. Yeah, we know. We know. And listen, we got Kofi on our side and we got Trent Frazier. I will go to war with them two dudes, with a DeMonte Williams, with a Jacob Grandison. I'll go to war with them dudes any day of the week. I don't give a fuck. Hey, I'm with you there. And you mentioned in your other boy you talked about as well. I like our overall squad, man. Let's just call it what it is, man. We got a squad, too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, audience, we're going to transition real quick to the Windy City Bulls before we get to the nuts and bolts of the show, which is honing in on the Chicago Bulls and all things Chicago Bulls because there's so much to talk about with this team. A-Dub and I missed a lot of that content with you guys, so we're going to get you guys caught up on our thoughts with things. But for the Windy City Bulls, A-Dub, I feel like, hey, ever since the showcase uh, cut part of the season has, has come to an uh, end, I thought these guys, they've played better. Uh, the GM, Josh, has done a good job of getting some talent in here. I think that they have done a really nice job with the team. And like you said, you know, and like we say so many times, 
you got standout players on this team. When you have a Marco Simonovic, a guy that spent a lot of time going up and down to the NBA, back to the G League, who's been getting valuable experience and playing time up there. When you have a guy like Devon Dotson that's do, that has done the same exact thing, that is only going to be invaluable for these guys' long-term prospects in the league. And I cannot tell you enough about how impressed I've been with Marco. Marco had a 2020 game recently. That's showing you, man, he's starting to heat up now. Yeah, Perez, Marco has been playing well. And I want to add a couple things here about Marco, man. I've been liking his aggressiveness. Coming off those screens and rolls that you and I have been seeing, Perez, he's been more aggressive than I've ever seen him be. So that's what we were looking for out of him. He's been playing tough. So salute to Marco. And, and not even just that. I think uh, one of the other things that I've noticed with him is just the motor. The thing that we saw from him in highlights when the Bulls drafted him, we're starting to see that down here at this G League level. I'm starting to see less of him just standing around. I'm seeing him more of like being relentless out there. And that is one of the things about his game that I'm starting to see him do night in and night out. And I see consistency is going to get him back to the to the big league. No, he's spot on, Prez. Definitely. The fact that, that he's he's gonna be he's being consistent now, you're right. He got to definitely keep doing that. He really does. But more of the story here. We've seen, you know, a couple games where we lost some games, and and, and it's okay because I think – well, it's, n it's never okay to lose, but what, what I was meaning by that audience is I think the bigger thing with here and the bigger thing with this team is the development of the players. Coach Darmason even said that at media day, that they're balancing winning between teaching and getting these guys where they need to get to. And so that's a lot of things that they're balancing all at the same time. But you're starting to see a lot of development with this team. You're starting to see players now in this roster that were kind of quiet in the first pass of the first part of the season. Now you're seeing these guys out here making contributions. You see a Kerwin Roach out there making contributions. You love to see it, bro. Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought up Kerwin Roach, man, because um, watching him play Perez, his aggressiveness when he goes into the basket, when he starts to heat up, I kind of like his game, man. He has a smooth game, Perez. So once he's able to put it all together and be more of a complete player, he'll be fine, man. But I like the fact that you're right. You hit about what Coach is doing, focus on his development. And and the reason why I also brought his name up is in, in, when, in that um, Westchester game, that was the game that we won. Curran Roach was killing it in the third quarter of that game. And, and that was one of the things where I was like, I like when he's out there because he brings some energy and he plays downhill. He's always looking to attack. And I like his game a lot, to your point. Got to get out there, he'll be fine. But that's something he's learning because he's one of those guys who probably look at it and say, you know what, he's so used to having the ball in his hands. But definitely playing off the ball will be something we're going to continue to see, see him evolve at. And my boy Ethan Thompson, you, you don't have to worry about him. He's Mr. Consistent. He chipped in with 15 points in that ball game, playing his usual dose of good defense and steady shooting. Ethan Thompson, man, I'm telling you, he's a rock on this team, man. And the kid, and you and I joked about this the last game that we were at. We said he's very soft-spoken off the court, man. When on the court, man, Ethan, he, he turns it up, man. He's a, he's, a total, <laughs> he's a dog out there on the court, man. Yeah, man, he's a nice guy, man, off the man. Different animal on that, on that court. But one thing I got to say about Ethan that I've really just watched this game and how it's evolved, Perez, is his ability to put the ball on the floor now to create his own shot. I mean, you get him once before shooting jumpers, you will see him drive. But now this guy started putting it all together now with making buckets off the dribble. So that's the guy, man, I'm really rooting for, Perez. But, man, Ethan's your boy. I know that already, man. And he's a good kid. Yeah, you know, but this is the thing. You talked about Ethan even before the season even started. And so 
he was somebody that was kind of on your radar. For me, it's just I've really just fallen – like I just really have an appreciation for his game because he's he's gritty. And if you look at him, you kind of be like, oh, okay, it's Ethan. You know, he's from Cali, you know, whatever. Don't take that shit for weakness because that motherfucker <laughs> is a dog. Yeah, he is, friends. I know you talked about his defense um, at one point, man. And his defense is getting better, too, man. It's like this guy out there going, contesting shots, blocking shots, doing all the dirty work, too, man. So, yeah, man. Ethan, Ethan's that guy, man. He's good. Oh, that's his calling card. I mean, that's going back to college, Ethan. So it's, it's not just something he's just doing now. He's always been that player. You know, audience, if you guys weren't familiar with how this dude plays, look at some of his tape from college. That motherfucker is always deep people up, and he can put the ball in the bucket. So I love the way that he plays. Now, I talked about the fact that we beat Winchester, but we also did lose to Winchester as well. And so in that matchup, I thought – we didn't take advantage of the opportunity because Winchester was shorthanded. We beat them handily the night before. Then we laid an egg. And this is another game where Roach and Ethan led us scoring-wise, but I feel like some of the other guys on the team could have done a little bit more. Yeah, bro, that's that's a good point you break up right there, man. Still getting needed the other guys to really step their game up and play. So that that's a game that slipped away. I thought we would have pulled that one out, but just unfortunate. Well, because the problem is the third quarter. We got outscored, and that has been a trend that I've noticed with this team that sometimes in these third quarters there's a lull, and you start to see them let up a little bit. And they'll let, if they have the lead, they'll let a team get back into the game. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's true too, Perez, and I've noticed we got a little bit too tricky happy from deep sometimes that third quarter as well. It's like, hey, let's get to the paint, man, get to the cup. Yeah, dump it down to Oturu. Dump it down to Marco. You got options down there. Shit, let's let's go. I mean, even, <laughs> even with a Perry Jones Jr., you got options. So there's no excuse. They have uh, – man, this team has an array of talent to it. And then if you do that, then you can kick it out to your shooters like your Scotty Lindsay's and your Ethan Thompson and Kerwin Roach and so forth. Bryce Alford, if you, if you will. So my thing is your advantage on this team right now is the fact that you guys have a size advantage on most teams in the G League. Use that shit to your advantage. Absolutely. Hey, continue doing that pick and roll because that's been working for us, I see. But you're right, Perez. Get back to the basics, man. Playing inside-outside game. And you hit a good point we talk about our shooters. So I know at one point, man, Scotty Lindsay was dropping that boy down. I mean, it was on, was on fire. I know the last couple of games he ain't been on, but you know what? Before that, Perez, he was money, man. Yeah, he had 14 against Winchester. But like you said, the last live game we was at before they went on the road, Scotty Lindsay, he couldn't miss. Even if he wanted to miss, he couldn't. Man, that shooting, he was locked in. Yeah, definitely. We love that good shooting there, man. Let's get it back. So, audience, uh, A-Dub and I, we will be live at the games this weekend when they play the Long Island Nets. So those games will be Friday and Saturday. So we'll have our thoughts about those games next week. But we want to transition over to the Chicago Bulls. This is what you guys tuned in to, live, to hear us talk about. So here we go. Now. We all know about our All-Star. DeMar DeRose is going to be starting in the All-Star game. Zach Levine is going to be a reserve. A-Dub, they did their draft yesterday, and I see that now Zach and DeMar are going to be playing against each other in the All-Star game. What are your thoughts there? <laughs> that should be fun, man. Give us a preview of what you guys do when you're in the gym, man, practice, playing against each other. So I'm going to love that part of the game if they get a chance to you know, battle against each other. Yeah, it's going to be kind of cool to see. It's going to be cool to see. And um, – I like when I saw that Kevin Durant, he selected uh, Zach Levine to come off the bench for him. LeBron picked DeRonda Rosen. So it's just one of those things where I look at that and I say, 
Well, KD and, and, and Zach Levine are already boys from be playing in the Olympics together, so you already know what that was. Yep, they, they they grew a little friendship, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know how we call, you know how we talk, Chris. We say game recognized game, right? Yes, sir. There we go. But with that being said, though, I, I really the thing that I'm really gonna like about this is the fact that you know Demar and Zach have become very close this season, and you know that they have an appreciation for one another's game. But I'm gonna like to see possessions where Zach and DeMar get to go one-on-one against each other. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want to see those moments. Yeah, man, that's going to be a lot of fun, though, you know, especially for us in Chicago, just watching our two boys go at it, man. It's all love. And one of the things, too, that has really been really cool to see when it comes to these two players this season is the fact that DeMar DeRozan is having himself such a good year, but it's helping Zach to kind of not do everything. Because remember what I said I said about Zach last year? Zach had to be responsible for playmaking, scoring, doing everything. Now, DeRozan is helping Zach a lot. So Zach's load isn't as heavy this season as it's been in, pre in prior seasons. That is so true, Prez, because now Zach can be a little bit more fresher than he has been in the past. So we're not wearing the guy down anymore, having somebody like a DeRozan helping him out that much. And, you know, DeRozan been cashing in Big shots and all. So if you if you Zach Levine, you're feeling pretty good about this. And on top of it, too, DeMar DeRozan has been through some battles in the NBA. The Bulls right now are a three seed in the NBA. Playoff time, that veteran leadership of his, his ability to close games out in the fourth quarter, all the things that we've talked about. We call him king of the fourth. Well, those are things that are going to be very important down the stretch. But that's another reason why this acquisition of DeMar DeRozan was so important for us because he brings a level of just – he brings a level of, of just dog to the equation that we didn't have. And that's no offense to Zach Levine because Zach, Zach Levine is a hell of a player. But DeMar DeRozan is a different – he's a different animal. Yeah, Perez. And it seems like he has learned a lot through his experience, right, from playing on the pop that you brought up, you know, playing, you know, even with his former team, Toronto Raptors. It's a mm -hmm. lot that he's learned, man. And now this guy's really on a tear. He kind of, like, put all that experience together, Press in this season. He's having the season for the ages, man, for himself. So salute to him, man. Keep doing what you're doing, DeRozan. I mean, and on top of it, you got a young pup in Ayo DeSumo, who we all as, as fans love. I've been raving about this kid for years. You know, I know a lot of people, y'all just find that about Ayo. A-Dub will tell you, man, I've been talking about this kid since he's a freshman at U of I, and even when he was at Morgan Park High School. But Facts. the reason why a guy like Io is somebody that I'm bringing up is because think about how DeMar DeRozan has taken this kid and put him under his wing. You all saw that DeMar DeRozan pulled up to Io's jersey going up to the rafters. That said a lot. That showed me a lot about uh, leadership from DeRozan's standpoint, but also it showed you a lot about Io and how he's received amongst his teammates, even Zach. When we found out that Ayo was going to go to the Rising Stars game, Zach was the first person with the Twitter to congratulate him. That says a lot when your top two guys on the team are riding for you the way that they ride for Ayo. Yeah, man. That's a joy to watch, man. This camaraderie with this team, Perez. They really do like each other. They really do support each other, man. I mean, I'm just amazed about the leadership that we have on this team. You're right with uh, DeRozan. Um, also with Zach, I, I'm impressed with both. I want these guys to continue to do what they're doing, man, and hopefully it carries over the playoffs and so forth and so on, man. But my bigger point, though, was kind of talking about Ayo and his his ascension because Ayo has now been forced into the starting lineup due to all the injuries we have. We know what happened with Caruso. 
against the Bucks with that cheap-ass shot by Grayson Allen that we did not get a chance to talk about on this show. But Grayson Allen, you a bitch-ass motherfucker for that shit. True. NBA only suspended him for one game. That was some bullshit. But guess what? We're going to see y'all at the United Center. That game's going to be a war. Grayson Allen, keep your head on the swivel. That's all I'm going to tell you. Keep your head on the swivel. <laughs> he better, because guess what? We ain't forgot at all. But, but, Lonzo, def- but Lonzo Ball, he's out. Had that surgery to his knee. So you got some key guys that are out right now. But that's why it makes it all the more important that a guy like Ayo Dusumu is able to step into that lineup and not only step into the lineup, but perform well. And he had a concussion, or we think that he has some concussion-like symptoms because he took a little bit of a, um, a hit in the game the other night. And when I was – I ran into him yesterday at the CPS semifinals, and I asked him, hey, Dub, I said, man, you good? And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, I mean, you good, good. And he started right. laughing and smiling. He's like, no, I'm good, fam. I'm like, all right, bet. <laughs> Say less. <Okay. laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. Because I know I was worried. I'm like, hey, man, they say concussion protocol? What the hell? You know, I was kind of worried about him, Prince. But I'm glad you talked to him, man. So looks like we good there. But the kid been balling, man. He's been growing. He's been learning, Prince, on the job. And he's been taking this whole thing to the next level. Yeah, he is. I, I love him. I love what he brings to the table. And I just, I'm just proud to see a Chicago kid come here, get embraced, get the flowers that he deserves because he deserves so much credit for the fact that he was loyal to his state, stayed home, went to U of I, put that program on the map. The reason why Illinois basketball is where it is right now is because of an IL. Did you see him back here in Chicago playing for the Bulls? He pulls up and shows up and supports everybody. He was at a CPS event the other night. He's been doing that all season. This is going to show you that this guy right here gets it and he understands that responsibility of the fact that he's from Chicago and he's holding that shit to the T. You saw it in the past with Jabari Parker. You saw it with D. Rose. These guys are proud to be here and to be Chicagoans, but also not just Chicagoans, Southside Chicago. There you go. Put that South Side out there, Perez. <laughs> Definitely put that out there for sure. But you know what, Perez? They all made us proud. And that's one thing I can say watching these guys play, you know, Io, Sadie Rose, and Parker. Those guys have all represented the city very well. So I'm proud of those guys, man. And it's good to see that Io is taking on that torch. As a, and he's doing it as a rookie at that, Perez. So yes, sir. continue doing what you're doing, young fella. It's always going to get better as the years go on, man, because I'm expecting a lot from him. He's just giving us a little smaller sample size right now, Perez, but I think this is going to go to a whole other level, man, if he continues at this rate. Still the draft. I am so happy that he fell to us, but I'm telling you, those teams were out there to see the way the IO's playing. I bet they all kicking themselves, so fuck all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they kicking themselves big time, man. They over that pitch. Like, who the hell screwed this draft up again? <laughs> Listen, they disrespected that man, and we were able to benefit from it because the fact that we didn't have a first-round draft pick, but when you find a guy like Ayo DeSumo in the second round at pick 38, that is a first-round pick. And, in fact, Ayo's a lottery pick, if you ask me. Shit, the way he's contributing. <laughs> hey, Chris, the way he's been coming in and holding it down, it's like, hey, we'll take it. So I got to ask you, A-Dub, so the trade deadline has come and gone. We saw some big things happen out there. We saw the Harden trade. We saw Harden moving over to Philly with your boy Ben Simmons coming over to Brooklyn. We seen a lot of moves. We saw a lot of teams that have gotten better. What are your thoughts on the fact that the Bulls deciding to stand pat at the deadline? I was so happy, Press, that they did not go out there and try to get somebody. 
I said, this team the Bulls have has shown us what they what they can do when they're all together, Press. You know, we've been hit with injuries, right? You know that already. We've been hit with injuries, got hit with COVID. But when these guys are all together, Perez, they're playing at a very high level. Hell, they was giving what? The, the, you know, the Nets are spanking, right? We were like, hey, this team is dope, man. They're deep. So you're missing a couple of key guys right now who are very well key factors to your defense, right? That, that's right. That's out right now. So it's good that we have not gotten rid of any of that kind of a stuff. So it's like, I'm glad we decided to wait, be patient here, Perez, and see what we need to help our team moving forward. But so far, man, I'm impressed with the fact that AK did not pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, A-Dub, I agree with you, man. I think that there was a lot of people, if you went on social media, you saw a lot of fans that were disappointed. They saw all the big splashy moves that everybody was making. I was just never comf- I was never comfortable with the fact of, why are we going to trade a Pat Williams? Why are we going to trade a Kobe White? Right. Why, why, those are assets that you want to keep. And to your point, I agree 100% with the fact of we haven't even seen this, this team play together because there's been so many injuries. COVID uh, ran rough shot through the team in the first half of the season. So I give AK props in the fact that he's like, look, I'm going to let this team do its thing. I'm not going to break this thing up. Because chemistry and camaraderie is very important. And right now, this team, as it's put together right now, has a great chemistry together. Exactly, President. You don't need no assholes coming in here, man, screwing it all up. I'm just saying. <laughs> but not even that. Shipping a guy out. You never know yeah. what that effect that will have. So it's it's like, okay, we got injuries. I talked about it. Lonzo's out. Caruso's out. Derrick Jones Jr. is out. Pat Williams is still out. Those are key guys that we have out right now. Just imagine when you get them back into the mix with what we have right now. And I and I said earlier, we're a three seed right now with all the injuries and all the bullshit that's happened with this team. I thought Billy, I thought Billy Donovan and his staff and these players have done a phenomenal fucking job. They have, Press. I gotta get, I gotta salute coaching staff on this for sure, man. They held it down. And if you look at our scoring, we haven't really missed a beat scoring wise, Press. We've still been doing our thing there, you know. So it's like this team is still putting up numbers. Just wait until we get fully healthy. That's all I'm waiting for, Perez. And another thing I think that a lot of Bulls fans just need to think about is wait till the buyout market time comes. I think that's where the Bulls are going to strike. I think that's where you're going to see them make an impact because when I look at this team, what they need, A-Dub, is a backup big. Yes. And a guy like Tristan Thompson, I know some people are like, oh, I don't know about that. That is who I want. I know a lot of you guys are sitting over here talking to me about Millsap. Yeah, he's cool, but I love what Tristan Thompson could do on the offensive glass. Imagine a guy like that working relentlessly on that second unit for the Bulls and also closing out games at some points too. Yeah, Press, I think you and I are on the same page with that, man. I thought about Marvin Bagley. <laughs> that was a guy I was thinking about, Press, but I know some things going on with him over there, you know, with um with his team over in Sacramento. But you're right, Tristan Thompson's another key guy right there, man, that I look at who can come in and rebound and block shots and things of that nature. That's what you're looking for, somebody that's different from Vucevic, right? You need somebody to come in and do the dirty work. Yeah, I don't know about Marvin Bagley, man. I, I don't like I don't like these young guys that come to the league and they're entitled, and he seems to be more concerned with his rapping and all that other bullshit that he's trying to do. <laughs> I want a guy that's going to come in here and do some dirty work. Give me a Tristan Thompson. All day long. I've heard them. They they said the Bulls were also even um, interested in drag dragage. Um, and and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with that one either because that's somebody that can bring you some experience at the guard position. He can create for other people, and he's a playmaker in his own right. But bring me a Tristan Thompson all day long, even an Ennis Cancer if you have to, is like a worst case scenario. 
Okay, I see your point, though. But the thing is, those guys right there does have experience. I mean, Tristan Thompson, right? He's been down. He's been to wars before. For exactly. His, he, he knows what it takes, right? He's a veteran in the game. So I can definitely see your point with him, man, being on the team. I would not be surprised. I, I would not be hurt at all if he came to Chicago. That would be somebody I'm looking forward to seeing on the radar there for sure. I mean, when you see the things that are happening right now, you see that the Bucks they brought in Serge Ibaka. I thought yep. that was an underrated move. But then look at what Boston did. They got Derek White. Thought that was huge. That young. So Charlotte, Montrez Harrell. So there's a lot of teams in the East that right now that are, that are beefing up. So that's why it's going to be really important to see what um, what AK and Mark Eversley have up their sleeves when it comes to this buyout market. But for the love of God, do not bring Marvin Bagley in here, please. Don't <laughs> he said, here. "Bring Marvin." <laughs> hey man, I like Marvin Bagley, man. Leave him alone, friends. I like the kid. But what you right? Some of these young guys do get inside of, but you put them in the right situation. They may be to change some things around. Right situation for him, but you never know. Yeah, I like them at Duke, but uh, other than that, I am not <laughs> like what I see from here in the pros at all. Man. I got you, man. Fair enough, bro. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, man, the reason why I like Tristan so much is I'm just thinking about the rebounding, that he can score a little bit under the rim, and also the way that he played in the pick and roll. Now, you remember that shit when he was with Cleveland, playing with yep. run. You don't even have to run no plays for Tristan. But Tristan's a big body out there, set really good screens. And imagine those kind of screens that he'll be able to set to get DeMar, to get Zach open, to get Kobe open. Ooh, we all this. Can y'all can y'all see the vibes? Can y'all see I, him? He'll be better fit, Press. I'm with you. I'm sold. You, you got me sold. He's a better fit. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but I'm sold, bro. You're right, though. He would be a better fit for sure, man. And the thing is, Press, he also rebounds as well. A very good rebound. I mean, I saw so many offensive rebounds he got for Braun and them. I'm like, man. Bring that to Chicago. We good, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, audience, we're going to transition over to the WNBA. We have not talked about our Chicago sky in a little bit. But as you guys all know, we are in the deeps of WNBA free agency. We know our girl Kalia, Kalia Copper is coming back to the land. We don't know what's happening with Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley yet. Diamond DeShields and Stephanie Dolson are out. So, A-Dub... I want to ask you, how would you grade the Chicago Sky's free agency to date based on the moves that we've made and those two key people that have left so far? I'll probably give us a C right now, Perez, because I don't think we're done yet. Maybe we can go up, but I know we're missing right now not having our true point guard, man, and we're not sure what's going to happen there. That's tough, right? That's tough. We lost, you know, on um, Dalston. That was, like you said, was huge right there. Shields, you know, gone. Uh, Diamond the Shields gone. We lost a lot, man. So the point is, what do we get back in return? And that's the thing I'm looking at right now. And I can't say we got to hold up a lot yet. So the jury's still out, friends. So when I look at it, A-Dub, I agree with you. I'm kind of like in that category with you, maybe a C minus, maybe a C. But I also mm -hmm. say that the jury's still, you know, still out because we don't know what's happening with Vandersloot. Because obviously if she returns yeah. and if Allie Quigley returns, that grade goes up. But when you talk right. about what they have done, I thought they've made some decent moves because they got a point guard and Julie Alamon via trade. Uh, we got Messerman coming in. And so those are some solid moves. That's a former number one pick. And yep. also, Ann Walters got added to the staff. So that's experience now that you're bringing to the mix. But losing a Diamond DeShields, losing a Stephanie Dolson, those hurt. Diamond DeShields, I thought, could have been a nice little future centerpiece on this team. However... We knew with her, her, um, her, 
we knew that there was going to be an opportunity that was going to present itself for her to have more of a role on, and, and probably a, a centerpiece type of role on the team. And Stephanie Dolson, she's going to New York. They gave her some money. They gave her the money. And in Chicago, we were up against salary cap wise. So we knew that we were going to lose right. some people. I just didn't see we we're going to, I just didn't see we we're going to lose both of them. Yeah, that's the, that's the tough part right there, Perez, losing both. But I believe she's back at home, right? Yep. So it's like, hey, I can't hate on that going home, right? <laughs> Cannot go. If you're going to lose out on a the player, they go home, I get it, you know. But, damn, like you say, Perez, losing both does hurt because they're part of the championship roster, man. That's the team, they're part of the team that won the GOAT, won it all. So it's like now we lose two pieces to that puzzle. It's kind of hurt, man. Yeah, but as I mentioned, it, it does hurt. But like I said, picking up Alaman from, from Indiana, also getting a draft pick from them in return for that, I thought that was good. And if you look at this on paper, the core team, this is if Vandersloot and Ali Quigley come back. You got Candace Parker still, Kalia Copper with Quigley, with Vandersloot. I think right there on paper, you still got a team that has a nice, solid core. The problem with the team for me, A-Dub, when I look at it, is going to be depth. Because I thought that's where we had the advantage on our WNBA championship run, is that we've had so many pieces that we can go to. Yeah, man, that's always a uh, you're right. That was a um an integral part of the team, Perez, going into the bench. Because you're right, we got that production. The thing is, we definitely gonna need it going forward. So it's because some of the teams out there have gotten stronger. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Coach Wade and, and, and company, they got some some tough decisions to make because that salary cap, I, I feel like they're right up against it. And I heard rumors that the first offer that they made to Vandersloop, they because her and her camp considered it disrespectful. So I hope that they come correct when they sit back down with her the second time around. They got to come correct, man. I get it. It's about the money. I totally understand. Yeah, but also you got to take care of your players. You got to take care of your people, man, because she's a soldier. Yes, and, she is. Uh, and that's one of the things right there. I can live with the fact of us losing the Shields. Dolson hurts me because I just thought that she was invaluable for spacing. She's such a good pick-and-pop player. That's going to hurt. We lose a Courtney Vandersloot, man, and I'm I was gonna be sitting over here looking like uh <laughs> that hurts because you lose her, then you're gonna probably lose Allie too. Yeah, exactly. They come in package, man. You're right, man. Lose a point guard and a sharpshooter like that, man. It's like damn, that hurts badly. Nah, man. So I don't want to see that. Hopefully, they figure this whole thing out. This team right here, like I said, we're we're trying to run it back. I think if we can get those pieces back. I think that we still got something good here in Chicago. And listen, we got the reigning finals MVP back in the fold. We got Candace Parker in the cold, in the fold, the real CP3. So we're going to be all right, man. We're going to be all right. But we got to get Courtney and we got to get Allie back. Let's run it back, ladies. Last dance time. Let's run it back. Let's get it. All right, A-Dub, man. Before we get out of here, we haven't talked to the audience about the Chicago Bears in a little bit. Obviously, we know there's a whole new regime that'll come in here. You and I have talked about this ad nauseum about how Justin Fields and his long-term development is the key to anything that we do here in Chicago. So Luke Getze, offensive coordinator now for the Bears, comes over from the Packers, has worked with Aaron Rodgers. How have you felt about some of the things that he's had to say so far about how he plans to work with Justin Fields? You know what, Press? I'm impressed a little bit with Luke Getze, man. I like what he's been saying. 
as far as in regards to the fact that he wants, you know, understand a little bit more about Justin Fields, understand, you know, what he does well and all that good stuff and put it all together with the rest of the team and understanding, you know, their strengths. So it's all about understanding the personnel. And I think that's a good idea, a good way to start. So for me, I'm all proud for Luke Getsy. He wants to get to know these players, friends, on a personal note as well. So I think that he's coming in with the right mindset and trying to establish a culture here. Yeah, and I also like the fact, too, that when um, he spoke with the media, he said it's going to take time. Because like you mm-hmm. said, he's got to get to know them as not only as just players, but as people, too. And I like that because I think in leadership, this is something that gets lost a lot of times. People are so fixated on the outcome and the end goals of things, but then they forget that people are people. You got to be attuned to people because if you're not attuned to the person, you're not going to get the maximum output out of that person because you haven't unlocked them because you don't fucking know them. So I thought that's what I was impressed with, right? Right, because absolutely. Getting to know somebody is great. That's part of the process. But he also said in his presser, he's not going to tell you guys, he's not going to tell everyone all of his plans for how he has, he's not going to tell all his plans for how he is going to unlock Justin Fields. He's going to keep some of that stuff close to the vest. And I'm okay with that too. Yeah, Perez, can't give all your secrets, man. Hey, keep that close to home, man, and do your thing, coach. But you know what he also said? He talked about the importance of the relationship that Aaron Rodgers had with him in Green Bay and also talked about that importance of that relationship that Aaron had with the offensive coordinator there in Green Bay. So that's something that I think is very important, and if that's something that he can replicate here working with Justin Fields, that would be phenomenal for him. Absolutely, Perez. And it just shows you, man, Luke knows how to work with quarterbacks, Perez. So it looks like he got the right mindset, right, coming in, Perez, and wants to help Justin Fields. And I think the bigger takeaway that I had from this conversation was the fact that he said they're going to – he said that he's going to tailor his calls to the player's strengths rather than squeeze them into a scheme. And that is something that we saw far too often here under Matt Nagy. Or Matt Nagy had his scheme, and this is my 101, this is my 202, and the players had to bend to that. No, fuck that. If your player's strength is X, then you call your players to get the most out of what X can do. That is what these guys are going to do, and that's something that I was impressed with, and that was something that I was excited to hear. Very impressive right there, Perez. They're not doing anything different, you know, and I think he got the right mindset of how to coach and how to lead an offense. So it'll see. I mean, so we'll see. I mean, he did use the term, you know, collaborative approach, and we've heard about that collaboration <laughs> bullshit in the past. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, though. <laughs> but when I heard that word, I cringed for a second. I'm like, all right. <laughs> hey, you got me cracking up over there, man, because you're right. I know that. Hold on now. Hey, God damn it. Don't, don't go that route now. <laughs> right. Like, I get what you're saying, but we, we've been down that road before. We've been burned with that collaboration stuff. Now. <laughs> don't muddy it up, man. You yeah. got a good thing going. But no, but but all jokes aside, though, we're gonna give this guy the, the the chance to do what he's gonna do here. But it sounded it sounded good, and Adub, I'm just looking very forward to it. They've uh, we're gonna on our next episode, audience, we're gonna give you guys our complete overview of the whole coaching staff. But today, we just wanted to touch on Luke Getzey and the Justin Fields dynamic because that's gonna be very important because Luke is taking control over an offense that has been towards the bottom of the NFL and scoring year over year. So he's got his work cut out for him, but it sounds like this guy, he seems like he's confident that he can get the, uh, he seems confident that he can get the job done, man. 
I know, Fred. I just hope we can get some good results out of it. You know how we are, right? It's about the results, too. Hey, it's results-oriented business. We say it all the time, baby. Yep. All the time. Well, audience, as you guys know, Super Bowl weekend is here on the horizon. Before we get out of here, A-Dub, gotta get your super, I got to get your Super Bowl final score prediction, my guy. 20 to 17 Rams. Okay, 2017 Rams. So A-Dub has the game being a close one. He has the under because all this, if any of you guys do any sort of sports betting, the under, the over-under for this game was 48 and a half. And it might have moved a little bit since we started talking here. But the point of the matter here is A-Dub sees the under being hit. I do as well. I got the Rams 24, the Bengals 21. I think this is going to be a very close game. But I also will tell this, anybody that's listening to this show right now, and if you happen to do any sort of sports betting, take the Bengals plus four as well. I think this is going to be a very close game. It's going to be one of those games that we're going to be watching and we're going to be like, man, these two teams are probably similarly matched up. And you can't really – so on paper, you may not think that, but when you see them out there on the field, you're going to see that. You're going to to feel that in this Super Bowl. And I'm looking forward to seeing this. I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good one, man. Stafford out there. You got your boy Joe Burrow. Just a lot of good stuff out there, Perez. I'm looking forward to this game, man. Yes, sir. My boy Cooper Cup. Shout out to Cooper Cup. So, no, we got we got a lot of stuff going on with this game. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, what's going to be that appetizer you're serving on Sunday, man, at the crib for the Super Bowl party? Man, I'm coming to your crib making the appetizer you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Come on through, man. I got, I, got, I got all kinds of shit on deck. All kinds uh, of that, shit on deck. I know you do. <laughs> My man. Well, audience, final segment time. If this city could talk. So in the spirit of this being Black History Month, I want to urge people to support our city's Black house museums. So there's so many different places here in Chicago where you guys can really get some really good insight into our history. So one of the places most recently that I went to was Muddy Waters Original Jam Out Museum. It's on the South Side. If you're not familiar with it, check it out. But there's so many other places you can go to. The Mamie Till Mobley House Museum. And you know, if anybody you guys recognize that name, that's Emmett Till's mother. These are places that we should be all going and taking a look at and really making sure that we're really understanding this history because we have really strong history, especially here in the city of Chicago. So if this city could talk, hey, we have our stories in the black community. We would appreciate if you guys would understand our stories and understand our journeys and take a stroll with us. Damn, that was dope right there, Perez. Definitely, I encourage everyone to take that stroll, man. Learn about the culture. You know, it's good to learn how to diverse in your mindset. If this city can talk, it will say, hey, Alice Times Day, it's around here. That means, fellas, hey, spend that money. Flowers, date, whatever. Do those things. Don't be stingy. And also, ladies, you don't be stingy either. Y'all know what I mean. I'm just the messenger here. I'm out. <laughs> and listen. Ladies, y'all could pay something on Valentine's Day too now. If you know this, now this, this prayer's talking. It ain't just about the fellas now opening up that pocketbook. Y'all could do something too now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now. Hey, this is a new society. <laughs> we all about equality around. Hey, we all about equality around here now. So, hey, y'all do the right thing now. Do the right thing. You heard him. <laughs>
<laughs> and we appreciate you guys our, and your, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the Chicago State of Mind. We appreciate all of you guys for listening to our show. We apologize for the hiatus, but we are back. A dub, we're gonna holler them next week, my guy. Yes, sir. Jordan was, he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.